Hello, listeners, to the ASI Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw. This is Season 5, Episode 32, titling this here episode, Summer of C.C. But I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage. And run. ASI247.org is the website for this here podcast. Thanks for downloading the thing today, streaming uh, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, tune in wherever you're listening. Thanks. Uh, there's a website for this podcast, asi247.org. I already mentioned that, didn't I? Yes, it just occurred to me. Uh, on there, there's a link to the Facebook page where I shared an article from Men's Health on the topic of sexual addiction and uh, celebrities who are out, right, talking about it. And one of them had me thinking about this had me thinking about those feelings of feeling stuck in your life, right? And then having this sexual compulsion over here. And there's something to the... I could talk about the science and the neural pathways and the way habits are formed. But getting out of our head for a moment and getting into our body where this stuff exists. It's not just all in your head, all right? This stuff exists in your body. So I wanted to talk a little cardiology today. Because what if the summer, and I'm not, this is not about exercise, all right? Maybe, it, that might be part of it. But just st- stick with me on this, all right? Cardiology and this being a summer, what if 2017, as I'm recording this, could be a summer of moving from compulsion to creativity. And what I mean by that is that when we are sexually acting out, when something goes on sexually, when we're getting aroused, when we are feeling the pull back to masturbation or PMO, what if we could take that pull and turn it into creativity. And I know I've talked about this before, but this article in Men's Health, uh, there's a quote from an artist, uh, and maybe not a guy who's, who's, you know, the epitome of mental health, all right? But hey, some of our best creative artists and creative people are, are a little crazy. And this guy, I think, would, would fit that category. But he's a, he's a very talented, very creative man. And here's what he said in this article in Men's Health. Uh, they reported on celebrities uh, who suffer from or, or have talked about uh, suffering from sexual addiction. And again, if you want to check out the article for yourself, it's in Men's Health, or I have a link on the Facebook page, Heart, Mind, Love, Sex, and Affection. That's uh, the Facebook page for this here uh, podcast. If you want to search that out and uh, find that, you can you can read the whole thing here. Um, there's also a, a woman in there who talks about her struggles with uh, compulsive masturbation. 
but here's what Kanye West had to say, and I, and I love this because it backs up what I've been talking about uh, as far as turning compulsion into creativity. Check this out. He said, uh, people ask me a lot about my drive, he said. I think it comes from, like, having sexual addiction at a really young age, looking at the drive that people have to get sex, to dress like this and to get a haircut and to be in the club in the freezing cold at 3 a.m., the places they go to pick up a girl. If you can focus that energy into something valuable, put it into work ethic, for example, that will change things, right? That's that's where he goes. Taking this compulsive, it's energy, man, and it's stored up in your body. And what if you could Turn it towards a direction in your life. See, acting out sexually, that is you. There is something in you. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I don't want to shame you. The fact that you're listening to my voice right now, I'm glad you're here because that shows this energy that's in your body. You're like a freaking battery. That, that attachment that you have to your genitals, there's something energizer bunny about that. Right. Now, let's move from Playboy Bunny, if we could, to Energizer Bunny and move your life forward, moving your story forward. So this is what I want to challenge you with this summer and to be thinking about this this summer. What do you want? Let's start with that. Kanye West, he wanted to make rhymes, right? He wanted to be a rapper. He wanted to be a musician. He did a pretty good job at that. Um, what do you want? Do you want to start somewhere? Do you want to pick up a guitar? Do you want to uh, get a, a a device, right? A, a mixing device? A, a, I don't know. What kind of art do you like? Do you want to write a book? Are you, are you checking out maybe YouTube videos on how to do that, how to pull that off, how to design a story? Uh, Donald Miller's storyline has some great stuff around that. The guy's written some best-selling books, and now he talks about he helps companies develop strategies using story to market products, which is brilliant, right? Um, but his talking about story and our lives being a story is compelling and interesting. And I think that that energy that's in you can be a wake-up call as to putting that into a flow. All right. And this is what this is where I get spiritual on you, all right? As as a Christian mystic myself, I believe in you know, like early Christians back before the word Christian came out, right? Were called people of the way. Like they didn't serve idols. The old you, know, you go outside of the Bible and history and people talk about uh early Christians being kind of like atheists because they didn't worship and serve some idol. See, it's getting past some of this linear kind of dualistic thinking that I talked about some in the last podcast, right? Like the do this, don't do that. You know, get an accountability partner, uh, put some software on your phone, bounce your eyes. Some of this stuff is it can be helpful, all right? But if you get stuck, you people can get stuck in this kind of black and white linear dualistic thinking, and it doesn't work long term and maybe some of you have experienced some of that the early mystics the early desert fathers these guys talked about they're the ones that came up with this analogy of the heart 
right? And now we see it on, you know, Valentine's Day cards or, you know, it's an emoji, right? I heart (laughs) burritos or something like that. In the English language, we don't have a really good bead on what the heart really is and means. Cardiology is a study of the heart, right? Understanding this. See, what the analogy is, is that our spirit pumps from center, right? Blood flows from the center of your heart to your fingertips, to your toes, to your genitals, to your brain. It all flows from center out. And that is this analogy of the heart, Hard to explain in black and white, you know, scientific, sciencey terms. There's a lot of science behind it, mind you. But we're getting into the relational aspect of flow here, aren't we? Not just your relationship with God or Creator or the universe, but your relationship with you and where your life is moving from here. Here you go. Here's a bumper from uh, band Good Charlotte. Cardiology. The heart is a vessel that can carry you far away, further than you've ever gone before. It could swallow an ocean in the palm of your hand, but only if you open up that door. Yes, the heart is a mystery. So then why listen to podcasts like this one, Russ? (laughs) Maybe someone out there is thinking, then why try and learn at all? Why try and gain understanding or wisdom? Because I think that the reason I listened to podcasts like this one or audio books or audio tapes or, you know, the things I've done over the years is to try and gain uh, some wisdom, some understanding that... Not that these people would fix me or that the books would fix me or the information would fix me. Maybe somewhere along the line I did think that. But as I've grown, I've realized that this metaphor of the heart is is really very important. And hopefully my doing this is simply a way for you, the listener, to be with, interact with someone who's been on the path, a path that you are venturing on, so to speak. And my path isn't your path, all right? Everyone's path is different, but sometimes I can track with somebody in a certain way, and maybe that's why uh, you're listening today, is that you, you track with me on a certain level, like you and I kind of hit it off somewhere in one of these episodes and I said I don't know Jesus and shit in the same sentence and you're like hey I can listen to this guy <laughs> that was that was kind of me uh in my in my spiritual walk and you know gaining some understanding with some friends and and walking with some people that I could trust I remember when you know Pastor Dan and Pastor Rick 
said a few swear words that made me feel like, oh, we can talk like normal people, you know, and that was just me. So the reason I related with those guys was partially because of that, partially because their energy and partially because, yeah, man, I can track with people who are just real. Um, now the heart, all right, getting back to the, the heart, what I brought up and, and that song cardiology by good Charlotte, the heart is this metaphor again. And I, I've said this before, but let me reiterate a little bit because there are some pastors who will take verses out of, uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, for example, and, you know, and I agree with some of this, right? Like just follow your heart, dude, you know, just do what you feel. Um, that's not necessarily healthy, right? But when we say follow your heart, what are we talking about? And again, there's pastors who will take, you know, this, this verse, uh, Jeremiah 17, nine out of context, some, uh, the whole book of Jeremiah, I encourage you to read Jeremiah. It is a painful book to read the prophet Jeremiah and his understanding interaction with relationship with God, uh, Jeremiah trying to change people's minds, um, living through some really tough circumstances. It's, it's a, it's a great book of the Bible, but here's the, here's the verse that I hear a lot of pastors who call, you know, folks like myself who may do a podcast that's leaning towards transformation in life, right? Which is really what I'm more about. I'm not about behavior modification or 10 steps to win or right? Nine ways not to grab your genitals. No. Um, what I'm doing here is more of a, a path. This is, this is the path I've walked and, and I don't know, maybe you track with me or maybe you don't. Here's the verse. Uh, Jeremiah 17, nine, the heart is deceitful above all things and is extremely sick. This is from the Amplified Bible, and I don't think they mean sick in a good way, right? The heart is so sick, man. No, uh, that's not what I don't think they're totally mean. Um, Anyway, and the heart is extremely sick. Who can understand it fully and know its secret motives? And this is a question that is coming out of the heart of this, this guy, right? In this peril circumstance, maybe doing some self-reflection, a step four of his own, using some recovery language there in, in the 12 steps. So the heart is is talked about in those kinds of terms, and, and I think there's some reason for that. So cardiology is basically this album by Good Charlotte. It's the last CD I ever bought, by the way, which is interesting. Came out in 2011, and after 2011, everything's, you know, depending on your age, everything just started to go digital. And now I have Spotify, and I have every album by Good Charlotte, which is great. Uh, But I digress. Um, (laughs) That album, that song is dealing with, right, some of the intricate details of the heart. It's a punk band, all right? They're not, they didn't write a theology book or a a medical diagram book. You get what I'm saying. The metaphors there 
is to understand one's heart, to understand one's path is a very healthy way to go. And that's the challenge that I want for you listeners this summer is from creativity springs from the heart, all right? That's that creativity that that is flowing up in you, that when you get creative, and we all get creative, man. Don't tell me you're not a creative. That's bullshit. To to be a sex addict to a certain degree, especially if you're married, you come up with some creative shit, man. Some of you guys, I was a, such a liar, all right? I lived a double life, and I was pretty good at it, sadly. But it showed some of my creativity. And like Kanye West said, bringing that into a positive space is where my life longs to go now. But again, it's my fear-based ego, and I think some of what Jeremiah was touching on in there when he cried out to God those words about his extremely sick heart. Uh, Galatians 5.17 goes on, and I've talked about this a lot on the show, for the desires of the flesh are opposite of the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Holy Spirit are opposite of the flesh godless human nature it put in parentheses for the uh, amplified bible here for these are antinostic to each other continually withstanding and in conflict with each other in parentheses it says so that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you so desire to do so my challenge for you this summer is this from compulsion to creativity, understanding. Not just understanding, but consciousness. Maybe write CC somewhere on your on your calendar, in your smartphone, in your notes, on your body. I don't know. But compulsion to creativity. Because listen, what do you want as a listener? Why are you listening? A lot of folks are listening because they're looking for some freedom over their sexual dysfunction or compulsive behavior when it comes to pornography if you want is that what you want you want liberation right get emotional about this stuff do you want to be liberated and that is bigger than just not looking at the, the like my friend Seth says, all right, pornography, it's there for a reason. It, it fills a need. It does something for you. That's why you're in relationship with it. So what do you want, really? What do you want out of the... If you're going to break up with pornography as like a relationship thing, just call up porn and say, you know what? Um, I don't think we should see each other anymore. Right. If you're going to do that, maybe that's what you do when you download an app from Triple X Church, right, or Covenant Eyes or something like that. I mean, that's part of what you're doing. But the thing is, is that you keep calling it back. So the relationship needs to be filled, that that space needs to be filled with something else. It's not just merely behavior modification or behavior replacement therapy. It is a new attitude towards that relationship that you have with whatever whatever it is that is eating you up, right? That is, that you don't want in your life. 
And here's something I used to say in this podcast and that I've changed on some, all right? In the, in the earlier shows, I used to say, I'm not totally sure what I want, but I know what I don't want. And I didn't want to be divorced, you know? I didn't want to be some old, you know, lecherous guy, you know, kind of a creeper. I, I didn't, I don't want, that. I knew I didn't want that. So I would use the fight metaphor, right? Long term, can I tell you something? Long term from experience, uh, that's not that's not a healthy way to seek liberation. All right, what you do want is going to show yourself value. It's also if you're a believer, all right, to use those words, if you have a relationship with God, it's also going to show your trust in walking alongside your God, all right? Your redeemer, to use those words. There's something to that that redemption. My friend Seth writing the book uh, feels like redemption. Um there's a psalm that says uh, those who have been redeemed of the Lord say so, which is I used to have hanging on my wall. Um, it got misplaced somewhere in the frustration with Mars Hill Churches, which is where I got it. Um, I still have it around here somewhere. Maybe I should put that up again. But that's part of my, my passion for doing this podcast is... What does it look if God is real? And all I can offer you is that I've walked with God and I know in my knower that God is real, that he is love, that he, she, it cares deeply about you as an individual, loves you more than you can fathom. I'm not a certainty cop, all right? I'm not going to shove this down your throat. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm just saying that that's what I can offer you as a guy that you maybe track with and you walk on a path with, all right? But I can't prove it, and I can't get you to see it. There's these it's in the matrix even this line in the matrix it comes from the bible where jesus says you know i'm standing at the door knocking it's it's you that that opens the door this trusting of deity of some power that's greater than yourself it's very real man and i wouldn't be here without it um I guess the argument would be none of us would be, right, if if God's creator. But that's a whole nother conversation I'm not going to get into. My point is, and here's a conversation I had this morning on this. I have a, a friend, my friend Derek, on the Punk Theology podcast. Uh, he's on that show. We actually meet in his garage, and he brought up uh, not liking the word healing, and we talk about that in episode three in extent. Um, but I think his his way of seeing healing is that he he gets annoyed when people think that they can change their path. And this word healing is sort of a trigger word for him because your past is your past. You know, some people say you got to play the hand you're dealt. I don't really like that metaphor that much because it goes into winners and losers, right? I like the path metaphor 
Because if we accept the path that we've been given and we start to realize, and this may take some prayer and some contemplation on your part, but people don't owe you anything. All right? I hope you that can marinate in you a little bit, some of you that come from, man, I come from a messed up past and I have my wounds. But the wounds are something that happen on the path. And the wounds, I think it's important to seek healing for. And some of our wounds scar up and turn to scars, right? But the wounds can be healed. The path isn't something that gets healed. You just walk down it throughout your life. But can I tell you something? There's a lot of freedom and liberation when you realize this economic value of people don't owe me anything, you know? I used to think that the world owed me an apology, right? Like the 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 way that my life turned out, I didn't sign up for that fucking shit, all right? I didn't sign up to be sexually abused when I was nine years old, raped when I was a kid. And I had a chip, man, where was God when I was raped? I had that kind of shit coming, energy coming out of me, R- my path was very dark and rocky and rigid and I shook my fist at this world and I felt like it owed me something and it took me a long time to realize that you know my the way my life turned out is is a lot of people can come up with a lot of different conclusions on why I did the things I did why I went to jail why I got into drugs why I was a criminal but the truth is, I, I'm not going to sit here and point the finger anymore and expect my hand, you know, there, there's this other verse in the Bible about the, the man who's released from this $10 million debt that he owed, and then he runs to his brother and grabs him by the shirt collar and says, where's the money you owe me, right? I don't think this world owes me anything anymore. And there's a lot of freedom and liberation in that. I get to just walk with people. And yes, sometimes people, not sometimes, if you're in relationship with people, eventually they're going to hurt you. They're going to say something that hurts. And how you process that has a lot to do with how that economic realization occurs in you. You know? Forgiveness doesn't mean that you just open your hand and forgive and forget. That's that's bullshit. That that's not true. Forgiveness is when your hand is open to the other, right? It doesn't mean you're reconciled. It doesn't necessarily mean you're cool with someone. But it means that you're open to repairing the relationship they have to move towards you or move in a way that, you know, and maybe they do, you feel they do owe you an apology. There's something to that if they really do, right? If there's some deep wound like that. But that doesn't mean you have to hold some kind of a grudge or be, because it ties you up. See, forgiveness, again, it's cliche to say it. I've said it a million times. But forgiveness, unforgiveness, is like, 
drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It doesn't work long term, you know. It's it's it, you're holding this account, this big brick of you know ledger towards that person and expecting them to pay up and they may never pay up and that doesn't have to bind you up or make you stuck is what I'm saying all right and it's way more healthy to focus on what you want what you want and go after it rather than have this ledger and when this person does this or forgives me for that or I forgive them for this or right I mean listen just this is your path accept the path don't expect payment just walk it man and find some brothers to walk it with that's another one Um, number two brothers sisters open yourself up to having relationships with people that go a little deeper than, you know, your coworkers, right? There's stuff you probably shouldn't share with your coworkers, right? You don't share everything with, with a lot of people, but there should be a certain amount of people in your life. You can, you can share your secrets with. And I, I, again, I'm sounding like a broken record on this podcast, but that is so true. Um, so number one, what do you want? And maybe pray about that. Take some time to meditate. And listen, don't just run your mouth, right, in your head. Stop. Find a quiet place. Just breathe. Put your hand, even when you're tempted, when when that thing is knocking on the door and you feel that, that the urge, right, that the urge rising inside you, that is a perfect time to get quiet because that's when that old relationship is calling and it's saying, you know, Hey, I, you know, come over here. I got some pleasure for you. That's a great time to get quiet with yourself, to go for a walk and to just try and be in the presence of God. Right. And and not try, just do it. Like Nike says, just get quiet enough cast out the shame, right? Despise the shame. Jesus despised the shame. It says in Hebrews, I love that that verse. Um, get quiet and, and ask God for some direction. Where, where are you going? Where are you going? Find some things you're good at. Uh, expound on your skills and your gifts. You, you were given gifts in this life for a reason. Um, Use them, all right? I love you, man. Use them. Uh, How do you feel about goal setting? Here's a number two. And I don't really like number two. I'm not a big goal setter, but I do see its value, and I'm going to work on it this summer, all right? I'm challenging myself here as I do this. So number two is goal setting. Have some maybe even relational goals that you're going to get involved in a group this summer, that you're going to have some comrades in your corner who who will love you and know you and encourage you, right? And if you're in a group that's not encouraging, then get out, get another one. Maybe that's another goal. I need to cut ties with this 12-step group I'm in because everybody just bitches every week and I'm sick of that. You know, that's a good thing. If it's not encouraging, if it's not moving your life forward, 
there's something to that. Um, you can feel it, all right? You can feel stagnation. You can even smell it a little bit. It smells like old toilet water, I think. Uh, number three comes from a punk rock legend, all right? An old granddaddy of punk rock from the early 80s, late 70s. This band known as Black Flag and this guy Henry Rollins, who, uh, of course, I don't agree with everybody on everything, so I won't even say that. Um, One thing I do really appreciate about him is his energy growing up poor in L.A. and, and having this you know, angst towards just, you know, that's what I was his music is this angst towards the poverty and the way the system is messed up. And that's what his music was. A lot of that music was coming out about that. And, and even jacked up spirituality that says you got to be good enough for God. I think that's a lot of this dark music that came out of the eighties was, you know, a lot of folks were offered up this God who they had to be good enough for. They realized that that's, not true or that that was never going to happen so they kind of went in the opposite direction as far as the you know the images of blood and guts and upside down crosses and pentagrams all right i get it um because that's again jesus and the pharisees right jesus was a rebel against a system that the average guy just couldn't win in right not that it's about winning, but they sold the people a God that you had to be good enough for. The folks that crucified Christ. That's what they were selling. A God that you had to give all your money to, that you had to sacrifice your kids to, right? In, you know, these schools or whatever they were teaching back then and just behavior-based be good enough, try really, really hard, and then maybe God will love you. That's a lot of the angst that came out of the 80s. Uh, That's my take on it anyway. So anyway, what did Henry Rollins say? He said, taking all that anger that was inside him, he was a very angry person. And when he learned, much like what Kanye West said about his sexual addiction, and and sex addiction and anger, I've done some shows on that. You can look those up. But... Taking that anger, he said, and coming down and landing hard on the things that he wanted to do was very powerful as a motivator in his life. Again, compulsion to creativity, he took anger and turned it into passion, right? Uh, Different definitions of those words, but you get what I'm saying. Um, uh, so, yeah, his words of, of landing hard on something, I'm going to do this. Like when he took up acting, he was in the television series Sons of Anarchy. And he, he you know, can you act? He said, no, right? But I could learn. And it, it was the people that always told him that he couldn't do something. And that's what drove him. Like, I'll show you, right? You say, I can't do it. Let me show you. I can do it. And that would, you know, motivate him towards getting things done, taking that anger and turning it inside out. And again, listen, I don't know how it manifests for you. Maybe you drive it in 
to yourself or maybe it does come flying out in traffic sometimes but everyone that I've talked to that struggles with compulsive sexual behavior there's an anger component in there too and you can use that as well and that's good news all right and listen this is getting past your ego because your ego is going to try and pull you back to that old relationship, right? In psychological terms, they call it homeostasis. Let's just keep the norm going. Let's just keep it normal because we're used to that and that's our how we do life, right? So you start stepping out towards in this direction. You know, when you land hard on something, it tends to weaken that part of your ego that keeps telling you, oh no, we got this, you know, we got this. You got to you got to shed that thing and you got to hold your head up. All right. Not the ego, proud, self-righteous part of yourself. No. And that's another thing, man. You more you confess this stuff. If you just tell the truth, despite the consequences, a lot of religious people are probably not going to like you. Right. <laughs> Take it from experience. All uh, right. I, I felt some of that. I speak my heart and my mind and I don't claim to be an expert but I'm going to tell the truth and it's not always from my perspective right not that I know all truth but my version of beauty and truth and when I do mess up I'm not you know I'll keep my flaws in the light and that's not popular in in especially Christian circles today that it's really sad that that's not popular because there's a lot of freedom in that. And that will shed that part of your ego because your ego is in there going, don't, you know, don't be real. Again, we got this. You remember what we do? We fake it. We, we lie. We put up a front. We prop up that facade. We clean the outside of the cup. Um, no, man, Let's, I, I encourage you to shed that kind of lifestyle and to shed that kind of thinking. And maybe this summer you getting out there and meeting some people. Meet up is a great app for that, by the way. There's people that you can meet in different organizations and different interests where you can find you know, going to your local church. I don't know. There, there, a lot of these happen in churches, which is kind of cool. Um, but I've joined Meet Up, and you can meet people that are that are doing some of the things that you're interested in. All right. Um, are you interested in writing? I had one guy. I said, "What are you passionate about?" He says, "I want to write a book." I said, "I'm so do I." You know, but I said, "You know, find some other people." There's like meet up is a great place to connect with people, and in those connections, you can start to build friendships that go past just the shallow talking about the weather. There's something about being with people that have a shared passion that cuts the bullshit. And that you start to feel comfortable with and that you can shed your secrets to, you know. So maybe look for some of that. And as far as spiritual um, leadership is concerned, you know, I don't really like that word so much anymore. There's, there's actually a Bible verse on that. Matthew 23, Jesus is like, don't call anybody else father or authority. It's very punk rock, if you ask me. But that's in the Bible in Matthew 23. Um 
but I, I get what it means to be have comrades, you know, and maybe they're in a church group. I guess but my, my issue with a lot of the church groups or purity groups, as they're called, is the whole focus is getting over your behavior, which shouldn't be the focus. All right. You know, purity. I, I can see not wanting to drink out of the toilet, but these relationships, Mark Driscoll used to use that term, the pastor of a church here in Seattle. I've talked about it scores of times, but. He used to use this analogy of, of pornography addiction, sort of like drinking out of the toilet, right? That's, I guess, a good analogy. But honestly, it's a lot more complex than that because you have a relationship with it and because it goes to intimacy, all right? So I know I told you I'm not the guy who does the 12 steps or the 10 steps or the 5 steps, but I do have three considerations, we'll call them three consideration no three contemplations this summer three things to contemplate it's a challenge i challenge you to contemplate those three things this summer it's not a to-do list it's not a you better do this or you're gonna fail right i don't know man just contemplate those three things what do you want all right how do you feel about goal setting Honestly, how do you feel about goal setting? Contemplate that. What does it trigger in you? It triggers a lot of fear in me. Fear of failure. I don't like it. I don't like it when I set a goal and I don't accomplish the goal and I want to give up. That's my weakness. I'm still working through that, all right? Again, keeping my flaws in the light. I'm I'm going to get this punk theology book done this summer, man. I've been saying that. I said I would get it done in the fall. I said I would get it done last year. I keep saying these things but not goal setting and that frustrates me so maybe you in your life could walk alongside me in that all right i'm not the freaking guru over here i struggle with that one uh number one contemplating what you want and praying about that and that's contemplation all right is prayer being quiet getting in a, a place and and letting god not just talking all the time, but letting God, God's fingers, right? Being held in God's bosom. There's that, the bosom of Abraham. That's a little weird, but um, <laughs> there's something to the being in the presence of God. And he's, she's, right? The spirit is, is with you in that garden. There's this garden analogy in the shack where the Holy Spirit and Mac are in there and they're digging up all this junk that's in his life. And he's like, this is a mess. And she goes, oh, this is such an awesome, what? He called it a mess. It's a beautiful mess. Look at the beauty in that mess. There's something to that, man. What do you want? What do you want? Contemplate that. How do you feel about goal setting? I just talked about that. And taking that anger, what if you could refocus the, some of that angst in you towards energy to getting what you want? Contemplate the compulsiveness of the porn addict or whatever it is in you. Contemplate the anger in you. And sit in it and learn to redirect it because that will change your life. It's changed my life. And uh, I guess the fourth thing, I didn't really have four. I just have those three. But the fourth thing I would say is hold your head up. Let your spirit 
not be kicked around by your ego. Don't let, you know, churchy, prideful people um, tell you that you're nothing because you have a spirit and that spirit is good. It is a mago day. You are made in the image of God. Your ego is that part of you that Calvinists would call the, right, the flesh or the self or the... Um, that animal part of us, right? Total depravity, I think is what the Calvinist word is for that. But it, 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 it deeper is your spirit. And in your spirit, you can hold your head high because you are a child of the creator God. You are loved more than you can fathom. And, and that is more true than you know. So I love you guys. I'm closing out the show with that today, this week. Uh, Till next time. I'll lead you out with a little mother love bone from here in Seattle back in the late 80s. Maybe some of the genesis of the Grundrock coming up. I don't know, but I uh, love you guys. Till next time. Hey, send me an email, all right? Russ at ASI247.org. I'd love to hear from you if any of this is making sense. Also, uh, the Facebook page. Heart, mind, love, sex, and affection. I'd love to see you on there. Um, give that a like. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you've achieved a lot of stuff in your life and you could help me with some goal setting because <laughs> I could use some of that. I'm frustrated in my my ability to set goals and move forward. So um, that's real. Uh, I do love you guys. I mean that sincerely. Till next time. Remember, don't expect the people around you to change or give you what you're owed in order for you to walk down your path. Accept the path you're on, walk down it, and hold your head high on the way. Let your heart beat strongly from that spiritual center inside you, up to your brain, up to your neck muscles, and hold your head up high. Hold your head high as you walk down the path Love you guys. Till next time. Bye. Yeah. And if it's bad.